Hey, it's Adam. Welcome to our weekly teaching podcast here at South Hills Church in Corona, California. Our hope is that as you listen in, you'll find yourself laughing and learning and being challenged and encouraged to grab hold of who God has made you to be. Enjoy the message. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Leave it to Adam. You know, you could just do like, hey, Pastor Moses is here with us today. No, no. We got to do a funny, creative video. We got to use all of our gifts and talents. And he's got a million of them. And so super excited to have guys like him uh, leading our campuses. Um, You guys are definitely, definitely are going to be so excited to have him back next week. I actually got to spend a little bit of time with him this week. Uh, He looks very refreshed, very energized, very calm. I've actually, I've never seen him like this before. So I am very excited uh, to have him back next week, and you guys are going to love to have him back as well. Uh, So looking forward to closing out our series today. We've been in this series called um, Sounds Familiar, and this series has been uh, diving into the the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus ultimately uh, gathers people, and he speaks into their hearts, into their lives, and basically speaks life into them that ultimately will help them with their day-to-day life, their relationships, their careers, their finances. Um, how to like listen to God's voice, how to make those decisions from a day-to-day, uh, day-to-day life. And so he really speaks into these areas. And so we have spent the last, today will be nine weeks diving into each one of those series. And so if you haven't had a chance, if today's your first time here, thank you so much for uh, being here at South Hills. We love having guests. Um, we are all about wanting to speak into your life and making sure that, you know, you have a positive experience here and that when you leave, you leave thinking like, wow, that was really cool. I feel great. I feel encouraged. I feel inspired. I feel like there's a connection here that ultimately God can speak into my heart, and my life and make my life better. So that's our hope. I know it's a lot of expectations, but we live by high expectations. And so, um, so we started off this series, and it kind of just dove into uh, different topics. Our first topic was a really creative one, and you're not going to be surprised on who wrote the first one. Obviously, Adam is Jesus either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And uh, and so we got we dove into how God and Christ is really Lord of our lives. And then the next one was talked about how nobody is beyond God's blessing. Um, and so many people live with a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, and ultimately feel like God doesn't want anything to do with them because of all the mistakes and the errors and sins that they've had in their life. And so we dove into week two saying, nobody, nobody is beyond God's blessing. The reason why Christ came and died on the cross is so that everyone, regardless of your story, regardless of your past, regardless of the things that you regret, Nobody is beyond God's blessing. And the story of God's grace and ultimately how he has done everything in his power to have a relationship with us, uh, we really enjoyed diving into that. And the other one was Jesus counts on ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And um, that was a great week where we got to learn how Jesus always used normal people like you and I. People who wake up, go to work, pay their bills, you know, hang out with friends, um, you know, have meals, and how God has always used ordinary people to make gigantic differences in people's lives and in this world. And so, um, you know, the the not too long ago, we talked about finances and how how God would like us to handle finances and ultimately how finances determine where we spend our money determines what's really in our heart. And, you know, you can tell me all day what is important to you, but if I just ask you where you spend your 
time and where you spend your money, your actions are going to tell me what really is important to you. So our words can say one thing, but our time and money tells us something, a lot of times tells us something different. And the hope is that those two match up if they're going in the right direction. Uh, so today, today we want to dive into uh, what is the difference between believing and obeying? What is the difference between believing in God or believing in Christ, believing in his story, believing in God's word, and then actually obeying, obeying what we believe? And so uh, we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 18. And it says like this, it says, watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are uh, voracious wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Jesus is saying, you're going to recognize them by the things that they do. You're going to recognize them by their day-to-day life. Okay, not the things that they say, but the things that they do. Uh, Grapes are not gathered from thorns or figs from thistles, are they? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree is not able to bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree uh, able to bear good fruit. So here Jesus is, is gathering people, and he's saying this. He's saying, listen, people are going to say one thing, and then they're going to do another. As a matter of fact, maybe we've said one thing and done another. And the reality is this. What God would like us to do is for our beliefs to match our obedience. What God would like from us is for us to have the belief in him that will be followed by the actions of our obedience. So faith in Jesus is when we believe, okay? Faith in Jesus is when we believe. Following Jesus is when we obey. We can believe in Jesus and believe in his word and believe that God is real and God came down in the form of Jesus Christ and gave his life on the cross so that you and I can have this relationship with him and be forgiven for our sins and have this, uh, have this uh, uh, Holy Spirit speak into our hearts on a daily basis. We can believe that, but at the end of the day, what we obey is really going to determine what we truly believe. And so God is inspiring us to say, listen, Let's have our belief system in Christ. Let's dig into God's word, but let's have our obedience follow this. Now, I just want to say this, because I'm going to be talking about obedience today. You have no idea what our God can set into motion through one single act of obedience. I'll say this one more time. You have no idea what God can set into motion through one single act of obedience. And what I want to do is I want to dive into the story in Acts chapter 5. And the reason why I've chosen this story in Acts chapter 5 is because the book of Acts actually was written to help us all understand how the beginning of the local church started. How God's disciples, God's apostles took God's message and created the local church created the local church through obedience to following God's message. So obedience following Jesus Christ's words. They shared God's message. They gathered people. Shared God's message. Gathered people. Shared God's message. Gathered people. Lives were being changed. Lives were being changed. They shared God's message. Lives were being changed. Gathered more people. Shared God's message. Lives were being changed. Gathered more people. So this is how the local church started. This is what the local church is about. This is why we're here on Sunday mornings. Because God wants to share his message 
He wants your life to be changed, and he wants more people to be gathered so that we can continue to impact people's lives, right? So let me read this story. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. This is where we're going to be spending the rest of our time today. Uh, it says, the high priest and these officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They, were, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But the, an angel from the Lord came at night, opened the gates of jail, and brought them out. And then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people the message of life. Go to the temple and give the people the message of life. Everybody say this last part with me. Go to the temple and give the people the message of life. All right. Go to the temple and give the people the message of life. And so this is what God is asking of the apostles. Go give the message of life. Go give the message of life. Go give the message of life. Have people hear my words. Have people understand my heart. Have people understand why I created them and why I love them so much and why I want so much greater things for their life. Go share that message. And so he's asking the apostles to follow through with the message and they now have a choice. They believe in what he's saying. Now are they going to obey? Are they going to follow through with obedience? Now, point number one I want you to hold on to as you dig into obedience to God's word is this. Bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Just because we believe in Christ, and just because we, we obey, it doesn't mean we're not going to face opposition. And I'll never forget like where my journey with ministry started. I actually was right out of high school, and I used to go to this little church um, at, you know, not too far from here. And I, ideally, I just remember, I remember that, you know, God put in my heart that said, hey, there's a need. Like, okay, you're done with high school, sports are done. Um, you, you, it's time for you to get started with, you know, uh, sharing God's message. And so we went to this little small church. It was a Spanish church. My parents, you know, are Spanish speakers. So we went to a Spanish church and there was a need for these junior high, high school kids that, you know, ultimately were kind of in my situation. Their, their parents were Spanish speakers. The message in, in the ser adult service was Spanish and there wasn't really anything for them. So God put it on my heart to gather them and have a Bible study with them and teach them God's message. <coughs> So sure enough, I went to the pastor and I said, hey, is it okay with you if I start a, a Bible study in the mornings when the adults are meeting inside, I can do a, a class outside uh, with just junior high and high school kids in English, you know, speaking their language, speaking their culture, uh, you know, in, um, opening up God's word. And he's like, oh, absolutely. That sounds great. He's like, we got an easy up, oh, you know, take the easy up, unfold it, meet under there. There was only four or five of us anyways. So sure enough, that's what we started doing on Sunday morning. So Sunday mornings had come, open up the Bible, share some scripture, speak into their life. Um, and then, you know, little by little, they started bringing friends. So now four or five turns into six or seven, eight or nine, 10 or 11. Now we need two easy ups. Now we need three easy ups. Now we're getting like 15, 16, 17. And, you know, this church was super small. It was maybe like 100 adults in the church, a super traditional, traditional church. And so, you know, four or five students was kind of like the right number. But all of a sudden, kids are coming with their friends. And now we're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 kids. And I'm like out of space. We're out of easy ups. We're out of space. And so, then now I'm just like, oh man, what do we do now? And so one of the kids comes up with the idea like, hey, why don't we meet during the week? 
I was like, oh, never thought of that before. So I go to the pastor and I say, hey, is it okay with you if I meet during the week because we're out of space outside? And he's like, would anybody come during the week? And I'm like, I don't know. It was their idea. And so uh, I said, do you mind if I try? And he says, yeah, absolutely. Give it a try. And so sure enough, we started during the week. We kind of launched this youth ministry. Somehow I became a youth pastor. I wasn't even, I didn't even know what a youth pastor was. And then uh, all of a sudden, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. I mean, this thing is taken off. And I, so now like this message of sharing God's word is changing kids' lives. And it's people and students are giving their life to God and we're baptizing them and, and we're sharing God's word and we're, you know, we're gathering in corporate prayer and we're, we're, you know, we're praying in people's hearts and lives. And man, and this thing was just going crazy, but it was a lot different than what it was on the sun, Sunday Spanish Sunday morning. And so, um, you're going to be really shocked by this, but there were some people who were upset with me that I was doing something different during the week in a different language to a different audience, and that it was growing, and that people's lives were being changed. And I was so confused. I was like, why are you so mad at me? Like, what am I doing that's upsetting you? Like, students are coming, giving their life to Christ. Uh, you know, people are, you know, are following Jesus, are being baptized. I'm like, this is a good thing. Apparently, it wasn't a good thing to everybody. So I faced opposition in my obedience to God, in this journey that I didn't even know was turning into me becoming a youth pastor, because I didn't even know what that term or that role was. But at the end of the day, whenever you boldly listen to God's message or God's word or God's voice in your life, and you take action with it, even if it's positive things happening, you're still going to face opposition. And so bold obedience triggers opposition. Acts chapter 5 verse 18 says this, they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail for sharing God's message. Thankfully, that wasn't my story. All right. I just had to face a few critics. But uh, at the end of the day, this was the story of the apostles. They were arrested for sharing God's message. If you are not ready to face opposition, if you are not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you are not ready to be used by God. And let me just share this one more time with you. If you are not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you are not ready to be used by God. And the greatest moments of obedience are going to bring the greatest moments of miracles to your life. When you take bold obedience in your walk with God, God, by nature, is going to show you bold miracles and blessings and transformation in your life. Just like your day-to-day life, when you take the biggest disciplines for the right results in your life, you get the greatest results. For example, in the morning, I don't always like getting up and going to exercise. You know what's easier? Sleeping in. That's a lot easier. But if I take the discipline, or if you take the discipline of forcing yourself to wake up and going to the gym and exercising, coming home, drinking water, and having, uh, having he- eating healthy food, you're going to get really good results. You're going to get really good healthy results. The easier decision, sleep in another hour, hour and a half, wake up, have some coffee, 19 donuts, you know, mix it up a little bit. 
not going to get the greatest results, but it's going to be a lot easier, right? The greatest disciplines give you the greatest results, just like the greatest obedience brings you out the greatest miracles and blessings in your life. So number, number one was bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Number two, bold obedience often releases God's miracles. Bold obedience often releases God's miracles. In verse 19 of chapter 5, the book of Acts, it says, But the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. When I first read this, and probably when you first heard me read this, we kind of just skimmed right over that message. I'll read to you the very first portion that I read to you at the very beginning when you heard it for the first time from me. The high priests and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in jail. But the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give them people, uh, the people the message of life. He kind of just skimmed right through this kind of big moment where the disciples were put in prison for sharing God's message. We're put into a cell, close the door. Obviously, every prison has security guards. There's, there's, there's people watching, making sure that nobody's escaping, that no one's getting out. And then all of a sudden, Peter's just like, yeah, the angel showed up, opened up the gates, told him to go to the temple and keep sharing God's message because we're about life change. So get out there and share life change. And I'm just sitting there like, whoa, like, it's not even in capital letters. There's no exclamation points. It's like, this is a kind of a big moment. An angel from heaven came down, opened up the prison gates, told the apostles, you're free to go. Go to the temple and share God's message. You know, I'm just going to be brutally honest. Like, if I was the apostles in this moment and I got put into prison for sharing God's message and the angel came down and opened up the gates and let me out, I'd be very grateful. I'll be honest. I'll be grateful. Like, oh, good. I don't have to be here anymore. Thank you for getting me out. Share God's message. That's what got me in here in the first place. <laughs> like, is there any security or assurance that if I go share God's message again, that I'm not going to be back in here? Like, are you going to come back and open it up every time I get out? Uh, is this time, am I going to be left alone and, and not have to get back thrown in jail? I would just kind of dissect this probably a little more than the apostles did. And the reality is our human hearts probably want to know the rest of the story before taking the first action. But here, here, Peter just kind of rolls with this and says, but the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of jail, and brought them out. He wasn't surprised by the miracle of God. He wasn't shocked by it. Why? Because he was obedient to God. So he was used to seeing God move in his life in ways that we would never imagine. He expected big miracles from God. Can you imagine living in a way where your obedience constantly followed gigantic miracles from God to the point where you would just be like, yeah, the angel of the Lord opened the gates and I came out. And I just went back to sharing the message. Yeah, the angel of the Lord came, spoke to my life, and then all of a sudden my life was changed, and all of a sudden I was just doing great things for God, and God was really using me in ways that I never imagined before, and I went right back to it. I mean, I would love, love to arrive to this place. And I'm not there yet. I'm working towards it. But we all are. Where our belief is followed by our obedience, and all of a sudden, God's miracles are just a part of our life. 
When you walk in obedience to God, you are not surprised by the miracles of God. When you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. When this becomes your daily process and your daily life, not that it's easy, it's still hard to get up in the morning and go to the gym, no matter how great the results are, when you walk in obedience to God, when you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. There's a funny story I want to read to you, and it's a, and it's a, a story about a bar and a church. And the story goes like this. In a small Texas town, a bar began construction on a new building to increase their business. A local church started a campaign to block the bar from opening with petitions and prayers. Work progressed right up to the week before opening when lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. The church folks were rather smug in their outlook after that until the bar owner sued the church on the grounds that the church which was ultimately responsible for the damage of his building, either through direct or indirect actions. The church denied all responsibility or any connection to the building's destruction in its reply to the court. As the case made its way into the court, the judge looked over the paperwork. At the hearing, he commented this. I don't know how I'm going to decide this case. It appears that we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and an entire church congregation that does not. (laughs) When you walk in obedience to God, you are not surprised by the miracles of God. All right, so point number three I want to make is bold obedience always requires faith. Bold obedience always requires faith. In Acts chapter 5, verse 20, it says, go to the temple and give the people the message of life. He told them, go to the temple and give the people the message of life. And you know what they did? After being thrown in prison for sharing the message of life, and the angel came and opened the doors and said, go to the people and share the message of life. Do you know what they did? They did it. They did it again. And again. And again. Because they believed in the message. They believed in the message. And their obedience followed. Although maybe in their human nature... And maybe in their human heart, they wanted to know, like, is there any security in this? Am I going to be freed from criticism? Am I going to be freed from social media critics? Am I going to be freed from the the soldiers that are going to throw me back in prison? Maybe there was some of that in there. It's a human heart at the end of the day. But they still did it. You know, I know a lot of times... If you're anything like me, you do want to know. You do want to know what the rest of this decision is going to look like. I wanted to get married. I would have loved to known what the rest of the decision looked like. Not that it was going to keep me from getting married. I see you. I see you. I still would have done it. I still would have done it. But it would have been good to know. Like, oh, I would have liked to have been prepared for this. I didn't know what this roller coaster of emotions was going to be. She was a lot of fun when we were just dating. All of a sudden... 
you know, you will see things in a different way. You know, when, we, when, I was, when we became parents, my wife and I, we were, we, our heart's desire was to become parents. We wanted to be a family. We wanted to be parents. And we went from, you know, from zero to three. If I would have known what parenting was like before making that decision, you think I would have made that decision? <laughs> it was best that I didn't know. I mean, I love these crazy kids, and they are their joy in my life, but good Lord, parenting is hard to do. It is, it is a lot of painful moments in life, and it's also a lot of the greatest moments in life. My wife and I love parenting, but oh, man, it is hard. Dude, hard. So what does God do? He gives you enough for today. He gives you enough energy and faith for today. Because if he was to roll out every pain or emotion or experience you were going to face, you wouldn't move forward in a lot of those areas. And yet those are a lot of the greatest areas in your life. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is our responsibility. That's our job, our role. Our part in this journey in a relationship with with God is having faith, believing that he has what's, in, what's, what's best for us, believing that he's not going to ask us to do something that's going to be harmful to us, that he wants to rescue us as many times as possible. At the end of the day, there's certain things we have to go through to deepen our faith and have more trust and be able to speak into people's life. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. Acts chapter 5 verse 21, it says, So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. And immediately began teaching. At daybreak, the apostles entered uh, at the temple, as they were told, and immediately began doing what God asked them to do. Why? Because not only did they realize it was going to be best for those that they were teaching, but it was also going to be best for them. It's kind of like, South Hills Church. South Hills Church believes if you're here on Sundays, it's best for you. Are there many other places you can go on Sunday? Absolutely. Many other places. You go for walks. You can go to the park. You can go to the beach. Southern California has a lot to offer. What do we believe is best for you? Coming on Sunday morning, listening to God's word, worshiping with your church, diving into God's scripture, allowing it to transform your life. That's one thing that we say is best for you. There's an obedience factor that comes to that, right? It's like, I believe it. Do I, do I, am I going to be, do I believe it enough to obey it? What other things do we say is best for you? We say serving. Serving is best for you. Yes, it is beneficial to the church. Yes, God loves to see you use your gifts and talents and abilities. Yes, it is transform your life. But, he believe, but God believes that using your gifts and talents to serve the local church and honor God is best for you. Do others benefit from that? Absolutely. Is it best for you in God's word? Yes. Do you have time to serve every week? No, absolutely not. There's a lot of other things to do. Is it better than serving though? Are those other things going to create the results and the miracles in your life? that would come with your obedience to using the gifts and talents that God has given you? That's the question, right? The question is, God's belief is, if you say yes to serving and you stop doing something else to start doing something like serving, God believes 
there's going to be greater miracles and blessings in your life than there would if you would say, no, nah, I don't have time to serve. Growth groups. Growth groups. You just heard Pastor Nate. You learn more in circles than you do in rows. Right now, all of us are in rows. Thank you for being here. God bless you for that. But you can learn more in a circle. Why? Because in a circle, you are diving into God's word, listening to, God, listening to scripture in ways, not just from one voice, but multiple voices. They're speaking into your life. You're speaking into their life. The growth that comes in a circle will never, ever match the growth that comes in a, in a, in a row. This is great growth. But do you want to go to the next level of growth? Get into a circle. Trusting God with your finances. Believing in God's word. Using your gifts and talents to honor God. The belief matches the obedience. God says you'll have the greatest blessings and the greatest miracles. You'll be like Peter just saying, yeah, the angel showed up, opened the gates, and just let me out. Yeah, God showed up and blessed my marriage in ways that I would never imagine before. Yeah, God opened up doors in my career that I would have never thought would have opened. Yeah, my kids, are, I'm enjoying my relationship with them more than I wouldn't. All of a sudden, the miracles change in your life, and they become a part of like, a, yeah, this is who God is. He does what he says he's going to do. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. As I get ready to close, I just want to share this last portion of scripture where it says in Acts chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, it says, we gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. Like, here they are. They're in trouble again. We gave you strict orders never again to teach, you in, uh, teach this man's name. Never again to say the, the word Jesus. We put you in prison. We scolded you. We gave you direct orders, he said. Instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human authority. What does that sound like today? We must obey God rather than the fear in my life. We must obey God rather than the insecurities that are bouncing around in my head. We must obey God rather than my desire of being accepted by others. I must obey God rather than my desire to control my own life. I must obey God rather than fill in the blank. We're all wrestling with it. And God has put the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life to speak into our hearts, to help us to understand that there's certain things we need to let go. There's certain things we need to make priority so that we can have that miracle story in our lives where it's like, yeah, the angels showed up, opened up the gates, and told us to go home or told us to go continue with God's message. You have no idea what our God can set in motion through one single act of obedience. You have no idea what God can set into motion through one single act of obedience. You have no idea what God can set into motion through one single act of obedience. Here at South Hills, we're always gonna want what's best for you. Here at South Hills, we're always gonna want for God to speak into your life 
and bless your life in ways that we would never imagine. Because that's the message of God. God wants you to have the greatest life you could ever imagine, to have the most impact you could ever imagine, to have the faith to believe in his word where it's gonna change your life inside and out greater than ever you could ever possibly imagine. But the belief has to be followed by the obedience. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. God, I thank you for your message that was written thousands of years ago, but yet somehow, some way, even today, we are in awe of how relevant and how impactful and how real this is to us today. It was impactful then, and it's an impactful now, and I just want to say thank you for loving us so much that you created a letter that would speak into our hearts and challenge us today to stay connected to you so that we can have miracles in our life and blessings in our life that we would never, ever imagine. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I could only imagine there might be a few people in this room who you would love to have the miracles of God's blessing in your life. You would love for God to come into your heart and your life in a way where you can change your life for the better, whether it's your finances, your career, your marriage, your parenting, your kids, your, your, your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, your relationship with whoever. I guarantee there's someone in this room that has something in their life where they're just, you're just thinking, God, this area in my life can use a miracle. This area in my life can use you. Give me the strength to be obedient. And if that is you, I would love to pray for you specifically. All I need you to do is just raise your hand and make eye contact with me so I can pray for you specifically. And so God knows that you really want to see something changed in your heart, in your life. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I see you right here. Thank you. God bless you. I see you right here. God bless you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you right here. God bless you. Thank you back there. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much right here. I saw you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you very much. God, you saw the hands in the air go up. God, you saw people reaching out to you for strength, for courage, for comfort. We may not know what the rest of the Rolodex looks like after making the decision of obedience, but we want the faith and the strength to take the first step. Speak into their lives, Lord. Bless their hearts. Give them the strength and the courage, Lord, to be obedient to your word and make the change, whether it's starting something or stopping something, to have the belief be matched up by the obedience. We say these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. We hope you heard something that spoke directly to where you're at right now in life. To find out more about our church, hit up our website, southhills.org corona, or follow us on social media at South Hills Corona. And if our messages have made a difference in your life, help us get the word out by rating and reviewing this podcast. And as always, you can support the ongoing work of our church by giving through our website at southhills.org slash give and selecting the Corona Campus. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next week. God bless.